how much is actually enough is a better question than do I have enough? Because when we look at how much is enough and we can set that line in the sand, yeah. that allows us then to come up with really the, the real number yeah. that we're trying to get at for do I have enough to actually retire? That was Ben Tages discussing the first step in answering the question, do I have enough to retire? Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti here, co-host of Retire Repurposed. On behalf of Ben Tages and myself, we are so thankful you are joining us here today. Well, like we always say, retirement is a big life change. It can be scary. There's a lot at stake. And while we pride ourselves that this show is all about the non-financial side of retirement, the truth is the financials are a huge part of the retirement decision. Likely one of the biggest fears a retiree, or even a pre-retiree for that matter, has is running out of money. Nobody wants to end up in a position to be financially destitute or relying solely on the government for support. However, there's a flip side to that coin. What if a person or a family has plenty, more than enough, but the fear of losing the stockpile drives them into scarcity where they live tighter once retired than before? Instead of the nest egg setting them free, it acts like a self-imposed prison. I suggest that scenario can be, in ways, almost worse than actually having no money at all. So how much is enough to retire? The do I have enough to retire question is one of the most common questions posed in the retirement planning world. Many people are looking for that magical number for their nest egg to reach before pulling the trigger. In this podcast, Ben Tages will not only explain a better question to pose, he will give you two important steps regarding your money that you need to consider while answering the question, do I have enough to retire? Enjoy this episode. All right, folks, welcome back. We are continuing this series on answering life's most difficult questions, and we have a wonderful show on tap here today. We are going to answer the question, do I have enough? And more specifically, do I have enough to retire? So we are so glad that you are joining us on the show here today. Before we get started, just a quick reminder, we have a Facebook group dedicated just for you. It is called Becoming Repurposed in Retirement. Join a growing community of people that refuse to accept the typical American dream retirement. This is a private group, again, just for you. It's going to have all the latest and greatest content, all the links, links to all the shows. If you miss anything here on the show, that's a great way to keep in touch with us. Go to facebook.com and search Becoming Repurposed in Retirement. Ben Tages joins me on the show here now. And Ben, last week we covered basically the 10-step process to answering the question, am I ready to retire? And I think this is really a signature show. We have a lot of new people listening to our show every single week. But this, if you really want to understand uh, the crux of what we're all about and how to get through the process of contemplating retirement to actually taking the leap, last week's show was that show. Yeah, it is. I think sometimes, Jared, we make this very, very complex, you know, and I think um, simplifying that decision even to what am I deciding? Am I deciding to move away from a job? Am I deciding um, to sell a company? I mean, you have to, one of those steps, very important one, is just deciding what you're actually making a decision on. Right. And I think too many times we let um, so many different variables come into our minds and, and we kind of over you know, get too much information sure. to the point that we can't make a decision. So I would encourage if you're like getting close and you're like, man, is, is it time? Is it not time? I and mean, really go back, listen to that show, because I think some of those steps should be followed in order to make sure you make the right decision. You know, the more I'm in this business, I've been in this business with you now for about a decade. 
And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people who they don't retire because they just haven't, they haven't come up to the decision. They haven't faced it. And so what they end up doing is they end up procrastinating, which lots of times many people maybe shouldn't retire now or wait, but they haven't gone through the process to really kind of dissect and analyze how that how that journey is, and I think last week's show is just is a is a phenomenal way to kind of get to the crux. And maybe you're not ready, and maybe you you, you have a better understanding that it might be next year or in the next you know five years. But man, I can't encourage people to go enough to go back and listen to that journey because you really outlined it really really well. In fact, you remember step number one. You remember what that is? It's pray about it. And I think that that's probably uh, maybe some uh, you know information or some guidance you probably maybe don't hear a lot, especially from people in our business. Yeah. Too often times we the answer's there. Um, we just got to take time to um, pray about it. God will um, he'll, he'll show us things. I was just just talking today with um, a group of friends about how um, many times things are coming up in our life, and we're like, why 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 is this going on? Why do I feel this way? The reality of it is, is because God's trying to show you something mm-hmm. until you sit down and you say, okay, God, show me. Um, you know, why do I feel this way? Help me understand um, what you're trying to teach me, that's when you really can get that answer. Yeah, exactly. Again, if you missed that show, go back on your favorite podcasting platform. Again, we're on new platforms all the time. Senior Resource, uh, iTunes, on our website, retirepurpose.com. Again, go back, find our podcast, and make sure you listen to that show. That was just a, a spectacular show to really get an idea on this idea of becoming repurposed in retirement. So today's show, Ben, we are answering the all-important question, do I have enough? And again, in this being in this business now for a decade, personally, I can say that that is probably one of the most common questions um, that I will get or I hear from people out in the community when we start talking about retirement. They're looking for kind of this number or how much do I need? What is that magical number? So I think this is a great place to start and have today's show. It's just a, it's just a great question. Well, yeah, it's a great question, Jared. But I think really most people, when we're asking that question, are asking the wrong question. Uh, I, th- I think it starts really with what I think the right question is. And I think for a believer, for a person of faith, somebody who is really trying to steward both their life, you know, their, their time, their talent, and their treasure, we speak about stewarding your treasure. It's about how much is enough? Not not do I have enough, right, to retire, but it's how much is enough to retire. I think you really got to start there. Yeah, and I, I think that that kind of bends the mental exercise um, a lot more, and uh, we can kind of get more into this. But how, where do people start with that? Again, because, again, I think a lot of people are, are kind of, you know, looking up to say, you know, how big does my nest egg have to get where now all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the stars align and now everything's kind of coming together and you've hit that, that, that peak. Does that, does that really exist or how should people kind of, you know, walk through this mental exercise? Well, the, the peak doesn't exist and, and actually, well, maybe it does. Once you get to the peak, there's another one. Right. I, I think that's really what I'm, what I'm trying to make sure people understand from that. How much is enough question is success is a moving target. So if you're the type of person that's, that's thinking, Oh, I want my retirement to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then you have enough financial resources to make it look that way, um, unless you're very, very careful, the goalposts will move. So maybe it's, I, I want so much in travel. I want to have the second home down south. I want you fill in the blank. Whatever you think is important to you and your spouse, um, once you attain, attain that, 
it's very, very easy to move the goalposts. I mean, mm-hmm. success is a horrible motivator that way because um, you, you'll never really achieve that point at which um, you, you fully um, you, you understand that that's, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know um, it continues to, to move. So how does this apply to somebody working again, somebody who's eyeballing retirement? Really, how do they how do they go through this idea to essentially come up with with that number? Well, Jared, like we talked about last episode, start with prayer. You know, I, you know, as a believer, I think um, when when we start and say, God, I'm struggling with this idea of contentment. I'm struggling with this idea of when you know how, how much is enough uh, in order to answer this question. I start there. Um, get get into the Word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, my one of my favorite verses around this topic is. Ecclesiastes 5.11, and it says, As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast his eyes on them? Mm-hmm. How many times don't we feel that way at the end of the day when, when we all of a sudden have, a, have a, you know, all this stuff in our lives? I've seen so many people walk towards the end of their life and it's like, I got all this stuff and all these things are sitting in my garage and all this. You know, it's, it's almost like I can see it. It should be making me feel more. More. It should make you feel better. Mm-hmm. But really, at the end of the day, what what the Bible's saying there, what God is telling us through His Word, is that you know, at the end of the day, um, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. None of that will matter. Of course, Ecclesiastes is great for yeah. that concept, yeah. but it, it won't matter. I've seen people walk through towards the end of their life when they look at actually all the stuff that they've they've gotten, and there's nothing wrong with the stuff. But but many times that stuff actually creates more of a burden sure. than it does anything else. I, th- I think this could be a really valid question and a really important point for people who are high high achievers, high income earners. Because the truth is, is that a really high achiever slash business owner or you know high net worth person, they could probably retire financially very very early in life. I think I think that the prayer part is very important because I don't think what you're suggesting, Ben, is that. Once you get to a point when your basic needs can be taken care of for the rest of your life, you just should shut it down because anything above that is non-Christian. It's non-righteous. That's not what we're saying either. No, but there's incredible freedom, Jared, when you have, you know, you're there, you've set that, mm-hmm. that income cap or you've, you've met those goals and you're able to say, okay, now we have what we need. I am no longer working for money. What an amazing thing to be in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've been in that place in our business for a while where we say, okay, really now it's about just strictly impacting lives. Sure. I mean, if, you, if you're trying to run a business to make money, it's going to be really difficult. If mm-hmm. you're trying to run a business to just help people and impact lives, it's, different. it's going to come so easy. Yeah. So again, I think in our work, when we're not tied to needing the paycheck and we understand that we have enough, that is such a freeing spot yeah. to live. Yeah, I, I, I consider it where you're at the point where now you can kind of swing for the fences. And that's why I, that's the whole point of this podcast, this platform is like now this season can be the most impactful. So again, I think just even as we're talking this out here on the radio, um, that's the point we want to get you to where you say, you know, yes, I have enough. I don't personally need any more, but if I feel called to continue to produce, now I'm going to see how many lives I can change and how much I can change the world. What a spectacular position to be in. Yeah, that should be our goal from the beginning. Right. But I mean, I think there's still a financial aspect to this of, okay, I need to prepare for my family, my family's needs, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that we have what we do need. And, um, you know, as I just think it's a, it's a great reminder, you know, as we, as we go into the show is how much is actually enough Mm -hmm. is a better question than do I have enough? Because I think, again, when we look at how much is enough and we can set that line in the sand, that allows us then to come up with really the the real number that we're trying to get at for 
do I have enough to actually retire? Yeah. So again, do I have enough? The right question is, how much is enough? What's step number two? Well, Jared, step number two is you got to have a budget. And, you know, oftentimes I bring this up. People are like, no, I, I budgeted so that I could retire and not have a budget. And I'm always quick to say, hey, yes, that was important to a sound financial plan's budgeting so you knew what you can save and invest for the future. Totally different use of a budget now is I am budgeting so I know what I can spend, mm. so I know what I can give to my favorite charity, so I know what I can give to my children. The budget actually creates great freedom and, and it sets a boundary up for, for your retirement. Yeah, you've uh, you, you covered a lot of stuff here. Let's break this down just a little bit. Um, the idea, the switch from, from saving to spending, that's a huge chasm that lots of times people have a hard time kind of getting over. Talk about that for just a little bit. Well, yeah, it's a big, it's a big shift in your mind about, you know, why I, you know, what money was before it was almost setting you for the future. Mm -hmm. And now the future's here. It's so hard for people to ever realize that they're like, well, I've I've been a saver my whole life. They've, they've watched their, their parents save, they've saved, they've always Mm -hmm. been a saver. And now they're becoming somebody who isn't saving. Mm -hmm. I think if somebody's in retirement and their goal is not to amass more wealth to pass their children, or they don't have that as a goal and they're simply, they just want to retire enjoy their savings mm-hmm. and I see them continually save money, right, right. I, I know there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. And, and I know by working with so many people, Jared, that a budget will give them the boundaries that they need mm-hmm. in order to spend and give and to do it um, you know, much more free. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's something to uh, how we how we get freedom from boundaries. I was just talking with a good friend of mine, Jared, and you know he mentioned this. I hadn't thought about it this way, but but there was a study done um, years ago about children on playgrounds, and they and they basically thought that we we got to remove the boundaries from a playground so that kids have more freedom. They want to give them the the space to move, so they don't feel so claustrophobic and like this is the area they have to stay. Mm-hmm. So, so they remove the boundary, and what they found was once that fence was down it actually caused the kids to play closer to the center of the playground, not to explore and to enjoy the playground, but really to kind of huddle up almost like they were felt less safe. And and what they found is that kids need boundaries. Mm -hmm. They need boundaries so that they can feel like they can go out to the boundary. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what this budget does for retiree, Jared, Mm -hmm. is it helps people say, I I can go all the way up to this boundary. I can push the limits of my giving. I can push the limits of my spending. It will force me to really push to the to the ends yep. of where that budget is mm-hmm. so I can take that trip. So many times Jared, I, I meet with people like, yeah, I someday I wanna I wanna do this trip and I wanna and they're in retirement right. and they're Why still saying someday. Yeah. And I'm like, well if we budget in that trip every year, if we budget in that spending every yep. year, if we budget in that big charitable gift because by the way you're gonna like that i mean you can enjoy giving so much more while you're living right so if you budget it in it's gonna happen and it's Mm -hmm. gonna give you so much more freedom to really enjoy the spending and the giving more the the word you keep bringing up is freedom i also like the word liberation like where it it liberates you to do it because that's really that was the point of saving the the, we're not anti-saving certainly but the point of saving for so many years is so you can accumulate enough to where now it sets you free your wealth shouldn't um, make you more in prison. Uh, it, it, sh- it shouldn't hold you back. And, and again, I think once you get to that point where you know that you now have enough, 
uh, you, you've answered the question, how much is enough? You're there. Then you implement the budget with the boundaries. And now there's that's where the freedom comes into play. I think that's a really, really great analogy. Yeah, Jared, and it works. You know, I, I've dealt with so many people that I just have watched them walk into that space of feeling like I've never looked at money the same way. You know, money's a tool. You know, it, it, you know there's a reason that the Bible talks about money over 2,000 times, more than any other subject, um, because we know that it has an ability to get put a grip on us yeah. to really steal our freedom to feel our joy to steal our joy but you know when we follow these this process mm-hmm. you get so much more joy from your giving so much more freedom from your spending and uh it it moves money into really what it should be mm-hmm. and that's just a tool yeah that's 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 a great point so again we're answering the question do i have enough we talked about how the right question is actually how much is enough we talked about how important the spending is or the budgeting for the spending is what's the final part well, I think it's really a, a mental mind shift uh, between wealth and income. And we touched on earlier in the show, Jared, but people have to understand that there is a difference between wealth and income. If you if you look at um, a coin, think of it having two sides. One side is the wealth side. One side is the income side. They're very, very different. Um, I look at wealth, Jared, and, and the best definition I've been able to come up with wealth is, is like a stockpile. You know, I'll go back to that verse in Ecclesiastes, as goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast their eyes on them? That to me feels like wealth, right? It's a stockpile. It's something that's kind of out there for someday in the future. It's out there. It's not useful except for to look at it. It's it's money. When you look at a statement, mm-hmm. it's, it's the dollar on the statement. It's not that useful until it transitions into yeah. income. And we've seen this. I know that uh, you would uh, attest to this fact. Uh, our business especially focuses so much on that number. I think uh, so many of the meetings between clients and, and perhaps people in, in, in our business, you know, there it, it can be, or, or lots of times it's at least talked about the number on the screen, but that can really throw people for a loop if done um, too long and too much attention is focused to that number. We, we call it the money disorder. Explain to people what that means. Well, the money disorder is essentially where uh, you with any disorder, it's something that somebody sees from the outside that there is something wrong with the way somebody's thinking, right? It's something abnormal. So for me, I look at the money disorder as something that says, hey, as, an, as a professional, I'm sitting in a meeting and I can see there is no way that this person can ever run out of money yet they're still worried. They're still thinking about how can they save more? How can they put more away? And it isn't even from a greed standpoint. It's from a fear standpoint of that I will run out of money. Mm -hmm. I think when you're seeing somebody walk through that, uh, we have to just identify, hey, you are in the middle of this money disorder feeling. Um, You're you're conditioned to believe this certain way. You've thought about money a certain way. And we've got to get you out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's very um, prominent or at least more common amongst uh, baby boomers and older generations. And in their defense, I think a lot of it ties back to how they were raised and what they saw their parents go through. Retirees now watch their parents go through, you know, the, the world wars come out of the depression. You know, I mean, this is back in the day. They probably watched their parents like literally bury money in the backyard. And that plays into our psyche, our mindset and this fear. And so you as a, as a, as a professional trying to coach people through this now have to kind of like ch- change how they think about money. And that, that can be a really 
tough shift for a lot of people. Yeah, and a great question I love asking people is, what was money like for you as a kid? Mm -hmm. Because I think that gets to the bottom of what they saw modeled to them about, you know, saving, spending, you know, not having enough and that fear inside them that says, I'm going to run out. Um, And I think it's important to get to why somebody, um, you know, feels a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, what their what their past looks like that brought them there before you can really start to identify how do we get them to see things through my lens. I want Mm -hmm. them to see what I see, which is, wow, you, you should be enjoying everything right now. You have no, you know, nothing to worry about when it comes to your inner financial future Mm -hmm. um, and get to that place of freedom. And really, I think Jared, the key is a transitioning from that wealth yeah. to income, yeah. right? And that's really, I think, the the best thing to, to get somebody out of that spot is understand who they are and why they're the way they are, but then also make sure that they can differentiate mm-hmm. the two sides of the money coin, which is wealth and income. Yeah, yeah. This is some great points. And again, a lot of what we do in our business is really just trying to coach people through the psychological shifts that need to happen uh, once somebody either approaches retirement or uh, retires. And again, I'm putting in their defense, they've been in spending mode for probably 30, 40, maybe 50 plus years. And to shut that off can be a really tough jump. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, again, fear will tell you, I don't want to run out. I don't want to run out of money. I think that that's probably the biggest fear for a lot of people, either retired or contemplating retirement. I don't want to run out. And that's a, that's a, I think that real fear for a lot of people, we haven't really addressed that on today's show, but also too, what can be almost worse is I'm on the other side of the coin where I have enough, um, from the outside, it's very clear that you have the plan and you have enough to be just fine, but still being locked into that psychological prison where we're still locked into that saving and almost what I would say a hoarding mode. That's almost worse in a lot of scenarios. Yeah, and remember, Jared, uh, you know we're we're talking to the mass affluent on this show, so there are people out there that should be worried about running out of money. I'm not saying that. You know, in America today, there's there's actually a lot of people out there that absolutely have to be uh, more mindful. careful yeah. about what they're what they're saving. But Jared, the other side of the coin is when we see people who have saved almost too much throughout their life and then they die with a pile of money. I think that's one of the saddest things. You know, I think it's one of actually our, the the least generous ways to give when people kind of can't get over this idea that they're they, they feel like they're going to run out of money, mm-hmm. so they hoard it almost to the very end, and then all of a sudden they give it all away when they don't need it. I yeah. think that's a differentiator there is give it away while it actually is a gift sure. versus when, when you're gone. Yeah, this is all great stuff. we got about two minutes left. Talk a little bit more about income because we, we talked about how we need to differentiate between wealth and income, and we've kind of teed up what they are, but speak more to the income piece. Yeah, Jared, income is the useful side of money, right? It's it's what we actually get to spend and what can create experiences and really happiness. I, I believe that. In, in my book, Repurpose, I talked about how money doesn't buy happiness, but pensions do. Right. One of my favorite chapters of the book. But essentially what I'm trying to show people is that you know, income really is our daily bread. You, know, you look at Matthew 6, it talks about how we need daily bread. Income allows us to enjoy things. It yep. is what gives us the ability to experience things. It what gives us the ability to give to our favorite charities. It's what really we use on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's what we're trying to make sure people understand is focus on the useful side of money. You know, going back even to the title of the show, you know, do I have enough? Again, that's a an incorrect question for a number of reasons. It really comes back to how much do you want to spend? Because at the end of the day, 
the wealth side just to own and to have and to look at, just like the Bible says, is actually just kind of can be a distraction and messes up our psyche. The really useful part of retirement uh, uh, on the financial side is that income piece. It is. Sometimes we see, and, and, I, and I've done this too, we all, we all have this in us, is, is if we're putting hope in wealth, like if we're putting like, who am I? Either identity or just, hey, this is where I get my safety net is right. this wealth. I am storing up treasure in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Until we begin to, to really remove the idea of wealth and focus on income, the useful side of money, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed this conversation on answering the question, do I have enough to retire? You know, I know we spend a lot of time talking about wealth versus income, but this is such an important shift a person must make, the shift from saving to spending, turning the stockpile, the nest egg, into a tool to live and to give. Thank you so much for joining us today. For a copy of Ben's book, Repurpose the Untold Story of Retirement in America, visit our website, retirerepurposed.com. Until next time, I'm Jared Sebesta. Remember, don't retire, become repurposed. We'll see you then. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.